Welcome to Shadow Life. In this episode of The Roman Files, we're going to catch up with Roman in the days that followed. Roman had tried his best to pretend nothing had changed. After all, as far as he knew, only two other people in the whole world knew what he now did. And so far as he knew, they weren't talking. Where before locker room banner flew around as Roman as harmful as butterflies, now every comment of being a faggot or a queer made in his proximity felt like a wasp sting. Even Georgie's casual remarks, You're such a fucking queer, or you big faggot, as they played basketball in the gym, felt like small cuts with a knife. And he was Roman's best friend. In all of his 13 years, what Roman knew of being gay or a homo was pretty much on the playgrounds and locker rooms of school. They were depicted as either weak, sissified girls or drag queens on TV. The only gay person Roman had ever met at that point was, well, his father. And he was none of those things. Roman couldn't square it in his head how this formidable man, who in Roman's eyes embodied strength, smarts, and bravery, could all of a sudden be lumped in with this group of sissies, queers, and fairies, as his friends and classmates referred to them. One month later, the commune was starting to feel the strain of Rob and Mora's rapidly disintegrating marriage. There were no more normal anything. But on this day, this afternoon, when Rob knocked on Roman's bedroom door and he sat at the foot of his bed, this day was the one that would split Roman's world into two. sit next to me. There's something I want to talk to you about. Rob patted the spot next to him on the bed. Roman sat, his hands folded in his lap, his eyes focused on his sneakers. He concentrated on a particularly strange-looking stain on his faded green Chuck Connors, a faded red smear of what looked to be old paint, now almost pink. Odd, Roman thought. He had never noticed this before. It took all of his strength trying to quell the hurricane-force winds in his mind. Rob's voice had that warm baritone timbre that Roman remembered from his father's sermons a million years ago. Roman's father's voice, somewhere between his minister voice, his professor voice, and his Rob voice, Roman caught the faintest thread of a new voice. Roman, as you've probably noticed, well, Mora and I, we've been fighting a lot lately. And it's, well, it's just that sometimes people change. And, you know, it, it, it's better for everyone sometimes to live apart when that happens. I know it's not fair, not fair to you kids, for sure. Roman continued to stare down at his sneakers his inner dialogue making it almost impossible 
for him to hear Rob's words. I knew it. They're getting a divorce. It's over between Rob and Mora. Now what? Who's going to live where? What does all this mean? I'm in love with someone else. Another man. I'm gay, Roman. Do you know? Rob's words cut through Roman's stupid inner chatter like a samurai sword through paper. Roman heard himself whisper, Okay, sure, yes, never raising his head and continuing to focus on that stain on his sneakers. The sounds in his mind were deafening. Klaxon bells and sirens wailing, an ocean of angry surf pounding against the inside of his head. Rob continued, I've been living someone else's life. Well, living a lie, really. I mean, I'll always be your dad, Roman. But being with him, he makes me happy. I just love you so much, Roman, you and Aaron. This doesn't have anything to do with you, with how much I love you, you and your sister. That'll never change. Roman could feel the tears starting to well up in his eyes. No way was he going to start crying like some baby. Not now. Fuck that, he thought. But the pain Roman felt continued to swell inside of him. He had never. It was like an anchor chained around his neck, dragging him under. He was drowning in it. Rob's voice droned on. He continued to talk about how he and Moore would be getting a divorce that they'd be moving out of the commune. At some point, well, we'll all have to sit down as a fam. Well, we'll discuss our plans for you and Aaron Rose, you know. Maybe where you'd like to live, you know, with me or Mora. I just want to make sure that you know how much I love you, and that's never going to change. You got it? Rob said with as much positivity as he could muster. Roman wanted to look into his father's eyes, but couldn't. He couldn't look at him. He knew he'd lose it, and he'd start crying as soon as their eyes met. Rob put an arm around Roman's shoulders and gave him a little hug, as if to say, It's all going to work out, champ. Just you wait and see. Roman, do you have anything that you'd like to ask me about what I just said? About being gay? I mean, it's, it's all new to me, too, so go ahead and ask me anything you want. Roman's mind was swimming with questions. Yeah? Well, what happened to you then? How do you just go from, how do you go from just having sex with women to men? What's up with that? So for like, what, 17 years you like girls and now, bam, you'd rather be with a guy? Tell me how that happens, because I'd really like to know. Oh, by the way, I had sex for the first time last week with a girl, and it was freaking awesome, like the greatest feeling in the entire world. Who knew? And you want to know what else? I'm so angry right now, so goddamn mad at you for throwing this on me like this. Do you have any idea, any clue what it's going to be like for me? I just got that learning disabled label removed 
after all those years being teased for not knowing how to read. Then you moved us into a commune. Fine, whatever. I dealt with it. Now, when I'm just going into my teens, just trying to figure out what this new world is all about, you jump out of the closet like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Do you have the slightest inkling what my life is going to be like from now on? Oh, Roman was on a verbal rampage. In his head, what he said out loud was, Okay, that's all. O-fucking-K. I know, Dad. I just want you to be happy. The words fell out of his mouth as he bolted for the door, down the stairs, and out of the house. In the preceding months that followed the talk, Rob and Mora aired their dirty laundry out in family court. She fought against the divorce almost as fervently as he fought to get out of their marriage. Around town, it was juicy gossip to be discussed ad nausea in the neighborhood, the grocery store aisle, a bookshop, the school teacher's lounge. It was only a matter of time before it hit the schoolyard. Hey, here come Professor Faggot's kid. Watch out, he might want to suck your dick. Followed by a bunch of snickering. It was Andrew. Andrew Burton Clay was a prick. Even worse than that, he was a rich prick. One of those cunty kids who seemed to have it all. He was good looking, excelled at sports. He was smart, well, much better at the grades than Roman had ever made. And he lived in one of the newest and most expensive homes in the neighborhood. Andrew's father was some big corporate attorney. He drove around in a brand new black Coupe de Ville Cadillac. And Andrew's mom looked like she ought to be on Charlie's Angels. In actuality, she was on TV. She was the TV spokesperson for the local Chevrolet dealership commercials. A minor celebrity around town. She drove a cherry red Corvette and looked like a movie star with her blonde hair blowing in the wind when she drove around town with the top down. At first, Roman had gotten along with ABC. That's the handle Georgie gave him because of his name. It had been fun to hang out with him. I mean, he had a kick-ass swimming pool, a big screen TV projector, and every video game and toy a kid could dream of. What makes you think she's got some weed stash in her bedroom anyway, Georgie asked Andrew. Because I've caught her getting high before. She thinks I don't know. But I've seen her puffing on that little glass pipe late at night before she goes to bed. And it smelled pretty decent. Red butter, or Acapulco gold, better than that shit you and Roman smoke. Roman shrugged. While looking around ABC's parents' bedroom, he saw a framed photo of a pretty woman in a bikini coming out of the ocean surf. Where's that from? Roman gestured at the photo. Florida? Nah. Somewhere in the Bahamas, I think, Andrew replied. As Andrew rummaged around his mom's closet, Roman peeked into the drawer of their bedside table. His hand came across what at first he thought was just an old Stretch Armstrong doll, like the one he had played with as a little kid. Roman pulled it out and examined the rubber doll under the light of the lamp. 
Hold the presses, boy wonder, Georgie exclaimed as he pointed at Roman, who then threw the thing at Georgie, who started wiggling over ABC's head. Look what we found, your mom's big rubber dildo. Georgie chased ABC around the bedroom with it, making slashing motions as if it were a sword, and hit Andrew upside his head with it a couple of times. Stop it! Stop it! Get that nasty thing away from me, ABC yelled. Roman was laughing so hard, he about peed his pants. Georgie tossed it back to Roman, who gingerly placed it back inside the nightstand. Andrew continued to dig through his mother's things, going from shoebox to shoebox. Bingo! Andrew shouted. He's holding up a small baggie of weed with a dainty little glass pipe with tiny flowers painted on it. I told you so. As they smoked her illicit cannabis and laughed about her big rubber dildo, ABC told Georgie and Roman that his mom worked as a model. She did commercials on TV. Her latest gig was a a spokeswoman for a local car dealership. I know her, Roman screamed. Sure, okay, she's the one on... Yeah, yeah. So that's your mom? Man, that's pretty cool. Yeah, my dad used to be on TV when I was little. He had this church news program. Came on like three in the morning. Nothing nearly as cool as what your mom does, though. The three boys sprawled about the den watching Bruce Lee movies on the big screen until they got a serious case of the munchies. Later that evening, Roman is sound asleep. Pot usually had that effect on him. He tend a Roman candle, no pun intended. Burn bright, but not for long. Morris banging on the door. Roman Carol Bailey, get up right this minute and get your butt out here. Mora yells through the door. Roman couldn't imagine for the life of him how Mora knew where he was to start banging on the door. He crawled out of bed from a dreamless, cannabis-fueled slumber and opened the door. Mora had already turned away and was in the kitchen. Roman walked out, groggy, red-eyed, hair mess, scratching his butt. What? What's the matter? I was asleep for Christ's sakes. He began to whine. Mora ripped into him. Do you have any idea who I just got off the phone with? Do you? That was the singular most embarrassing conversation I have ever had with someone in my life. Mora had worked herself up into a good frenzy. Uh, no, Roman responded meekly. He was just beginning to sort all the pieces in his head how he even got back to the house, in his bed. He had no memory of that at all. He was starting to wonder if it had anything to do with the night's earlier escapades, when he and Andrew smoked most of all of his mom's pot. But that didn't make sense, that she'd call. I mean, Roman thought that was the whole point of pinching your folks' weed in the first place. What were they going to do? Call the police? Call another parent? Only if they wanted to get the worst parent award of the year and possibly be in trouble with the local authorities. It just didn't add up. Roman, look at me. Did you melt Andrew's mother's rubber dildo in a frying pan? Then leave it on the stove for her to find when she got back home? 
Mora looked at him dead serious, barely able to constrain her anger. Roman's mind rewound the day's events. He recalled they were grilling hot dogs in that huge professional chef-like kitchen on a grill in the kitchen. He had never seen anything like it. He remembered that he had found that rubber thing, but, but he thought he had put it back. The rest of the afternoon was just a blur. God, he was so sleepy. Oh, God, Roman thought. Did we? Did I throw that big rubber dildo in the same frying pan as the hot dogs? No. No way. Why the hell would I? Shit. That little asshole. He must have done that after I left. But why? Roman couldn't figure it out. Oh, but he certainly knew exactly why he blamed it on him. That little shit. Roman's face was bright red with embarrassment, and that told Mora all she needed to know. Just so you know, you're not allowed to hang out with Andrew anymore, and his mother has forbidden him to hang out with you as well, Mora said more calmly now. What in the world were y'all thinking? I mean, seriously. You melted the woman's dildo, Roman? What am I supposed to do with that? Please tell me. The slightest trace of a smile started to emerge across Mora's face. Now, every time I see the woman on TV hawking those car commercials, all I'll be able to think about is hot dogs. First Mora, then Roman, burst out laughing. It wasn't just a dildo incident, as it was known now. That kept Roman from having anything to do with ABC. Roman raised gerbils. He loved a little kangaroo-like rats. He had a whole setup for them. In his bedroom, spinning wheels, ramps, the works, tubes they could crawl around in. As they say, if you have two gerbils, you're going to have more. Roman began to sell or even give away some of his pets just to keep their population manageable. He had sold half a dozen of them to ABC for like five bucks each. Roman thought he had struck pay dirt. Once he had asked ABC what he does with them. His reply was simply, I play with them and then I let them go behind my house. ABC's house backed up to a huge tract of wooded land. Roman thought that was a pretty good deal for everyone involved. He made a nice profit off the sales. ABC liked to play with them, and the little fellas got to live a free life in the woods. Sounds great, right? Then a horrible rumor started going around that ABC was actually killing the little guys. Torturing them, as a matter of fact taping M-80s to their backs, firecrackers, whatever he had, and then videotaping them exploding, smashing them between bricks, all kinds of horrific things the other kids had witnessed. As soon as Roman heard about this, he immediately went over to his house to confront him. But ABC's parents wouldn't allow Andrew to come out. They told Roman, just stay away. Roman tried to explain. He apologized for his behavior about before, you know, with the hot dogs. He stammered, he stuttered to Andrew's mom, who blushed at the very mention of it. Go home, she said over and over. Just go home. Roman even went to the police. He tried to explain to the desk sergeant what he had been told from the other kids. 
but he was laughed at. The cops weren't taking him seriously. They even said this kid should get an award or something for killing rats. Roman went to every pet shop in the city to tell them what Andrew had been up to, to warn them if he came in not to sell him any more animals. But Roman didn't think that had the effect he had hoped. So he did the only thing that he knew how to do, fight back. Roman spread the word that ABC was a sicko who enjoyed killing animals, his classmates, his neighbors, the lady at the library, not even the local pet store would sell him a goldfish after that. This was not the first time a barbed remark had been hurled at Roman. Normally, he just pretended it was the same old shit, playing dozens and giving back as good as he got. That seemed to work most of the time, but not with Andrew. He was a sadist and probably a psychopath in the making. When Andrew had heard that Roman's father, Rob, had come out of the proverbial closet, and he just kept that Roman like a ravished man tearing apart a turkey. Lord knows Roman was primed to blow as well. All that pent-up anguish hurt. No place to go. Finally, the two came face to face. Andrew was furious when he learned it was Roman spreading the word about his little secret habits. Roman could tell by the look in Andrew's eyes he was about to explode. Roman launched himself at Andrew with so much fury, like a Viking warrior gone berserk. Punching and kicking, he was all over Andrew like some wild beast. If it wasn't for Georgie pulling him off, Roman thought he might have beaten him to death. That most of all scared the shit out of him. That lack of control. His anger was like a hurricane at sea. If allowed to escape, it wouldn't be tethered. Thank you for listening to Shadow Life, The Roman Files. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please consider clicking on the Support the Show button and make a small donation. A portion of the proceeds will go to those in need of mental health services like the Trevor Project, and Brain and Behavioral Research Foundation. Oh,